2: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Good News for the City. We're so glad that you've joined us again this weekend. My name is Brian Bales, and I get to be your host for this show, which is the broadcast ministry partnership between WAVA Radio and One Heart DC. And if you don't catch me right here on Good News for the City on the weekend, you can also catch me. I'm the lead pastor out in Ashburn, Virginia, at a wonderful place called Christian Fellowship Church. But whether it's right here on Good News for the City, or whether it's there at church, The point of our conversations are always this. It's the gospel that makes a way. You know, as people who are followers of Jesus Christ, we have this wonderful thing called the Bible, wherein God gives us direction and help and hope in so many places. And from time to time, as we start the show, there are some verses that seem so important that we should draw to our attention, especially in light of what we'll be talking about today. So I wanna take you to a a section of scripture that that maybe you haven't read in a while or maybe never heard of at all. It's called the book of Lamentations. But in Lamentations chapter three, verse 19, and following, it says this, remember my affliction and my wanderings, the wormwood and the gall. My soul continually remembers it and it is bowed down within me. But this I call to mind and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. You know, there are a lot of hardships happening right here in the world and right here in Washington, D.C. But even in the midst of all the hardships, this passage reminds us that no matter what a person has faced in life, we can rely on the never-ending love and mercy of God. So today, we're going to go back to someone we've heard on the show before, and we're so glad to have on the show, and we're going to introduce you to a new guest that are going to talk about a ministry for the nation's DC that embodies the truth that there's a never-ending love and mercy of God available, but specifically to people that are immigrants and refugees. And they're going to be palpably helping them and talking about what it means that they have hope. And they're going to provide hope and help to our new neighbors. We're also going to hear about a 30-year missions work overseas and how the the past of the current mission work also helps the current scenario they find themselves. And so uh, welcome to the studio today. I've got Chris Six. Welcome back to the show. Uh, And Vera Fernandez, thank you for being a part of the show today. Uh, Chris and I felt like we did a good job last time we were together. Chris, what do you think? We did okay?
1: Thanks, Brian. It was a lot of fun. And, it was a yeah, lot of fun, enjoyed. but
2: I'm sure it's going to be even better today now that Vera is with us. Uh, mm-hmm. So let me, let me remind some people about you, Chris, and then introduce them to Vera. Uh, Chris is the founder and board president for the nation's D.C., which offers English classes to refugees and immigrants four days a week to help out the new neighbors that come into this area in Washington, D.C. to acclimate and discover the truth and love of Jesus Christ. Chris served on staff at Alexandria Presbyterian Church for 20 years, and he is now the pastor of One Voice Fellowship. You can find out more about One Voice Fellowship at onevoicefellowship.org. It is a multilingual church in Northern Virginia, focused on refugees and, of course, recent immigrants. And I encourage you to go back to the archives of Good News for the City and listen to what we talked about before to find out more about him and more about that ministry. But also today, as I said, we have Vera Fernandez. Vera grew up in Mumbai, India. And she's lived cross-culturally most of her life. She's presently resettling here in the United States. Uh, She served overseas for three decades, specifically with at-risk women and children in the Ukraine, India, and Afghanistan. Uh, She managed night shelters and play therapy centers in some of the most broken and devastated places in the world. She's cared for child survivors of trauma and worked towards their recovery and restoration. And she loves being a bridge between cultures and sharing her stories and the story of Christ's transforming power. So thanks. So Chris, thanks again for being here. Vera, thanks again for being here. Uh, just catch people up a little bit. If maybe they didn't see the or listen to the other show, or like me sometimes have a very bad memory about For the Nations DC Kingdom work, specifically with immigrants and refugees and some of the resources that you offer and the mission and goal that you're trying to accomplish.
1: Yeah, so For the Nations, uh, we're a non and we have about 15 churches working together to serve mm-hmm. and love our new neighbors. And I'm honestly amazed at the opportunity that's been given to us, especially in the past year. Um, you know, the Body of Christ commits a lot of resources to send missionaries around the world to unreached people. But imagine if 80,000 people from one of the most closed countries in the world were suddenly mm. transported to the United States within the reach of our local churches and the U S government paid to bring them here. Yeah. And that's what happened. There are mm-hmm. thousands of Afghans living right now, people who are far away and they're now here in our neighborhoods. And we have the opportunity to serve them, love them and help them see Jesus.
2: Yeah, and so as I said at the top of the show, One Voice Fellowship is the church that you lead. But For the Nations DC is an organization organization that you also lead. That certainly One Voice Fellowship is a part of. Sure. But it's not just one local body. And if you want to find out more about that, you can go to ftndc.org, dot org, standing for For the Nations DC dot org, and it'll it'll talk about the missions. It'll talk about its goal. It'll talk about all of that. But let's hop into something that you and I have discussed before, and we've talked about many times over the last year or more here on Good News for the City, the need specifically um, of refugees. But as we've been talking about Afghan refugees, that we are called, all of us to serve in one way or the other, uh, but specifically how you're serving them for the nations, uh, through For the Nations DC.
1: Yeah. So at For the Nations, the primary thing we offer, the first thing we offer are our English classes, because- mm-hmm. Um, Someone who's a a refugee, a recent immigrant, they they need housing, they need work, they need food, they need transportation, but English is critical because all those other things are harder if you can't communicate. Um, So we offer English classes. Um, We're spending time with our students four days a week, so they learn more quickly. But as those relationships develop with our staff and volunteers who are all Christ followers, Mm -hmm. um, we discover other ways we can help. And that's why we, we've we hired two new staff this year, including Vera, who focus on needs other than English.
2: Mm, yeah, because there are a lot of practical, a lot of emotional, a lot of spiritual needs that are involved there. So I kind of want to pivot to you, Vera. Maybe you know people just heard your bio, you 30 years serving. Tell us a little bit about what your early life was that maybe prepared you in some ways there in Mumbai. And when did you first feel called to be on mission in that way, if you would?
3: Uh, yes, Pastor Brian, uh, as you mentioned, I grew up in Mumbai in a Catholic mm-hmm. family in a predominantly Muslim neighborhood. Now, most of you may know Mumbai is an ultra mega city with a population of over 20 million.
2: Yeah, let that sink in for those of us who live in a mm-hmm. suburb or even think Washington, D.C. is a large city, 20 wow. million people.
3: hmm yes, and I was exposed from childhood to surrounding communities in Mumbai where there was much poverty and suffering. Mm-hmm. And uh, these many challenges and hardships prepared me for my future calling. And I just can testify that through these hard times, the Lord gave me a compassion for the vulnerable.
2: Mm, Yeah. You know, one of the things that we mentioned uh, even just recently on the show here, Good News for the City, this reminder that God, while he doesn't bring in these traumas and difficulties into people's life, he promises if we allow him not to waste it. And so thank you for just that example of some of the challenges that you grew up with. And, All right, God, how are you now going to take my experience and allow me to use with your help these abilities, these backgrounds you give me to help others in that way? And, and Chris, going back to you, you mentioned obviously the English classes is a key part. And according to my notes here, you have about 188 Afghan refugees that you're currently serving and teaching English. Can you sort of uh, number one, check my numbers, but number two, sort of providing an update on their progress.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think we have 188 total students right mm-hmm. now. About a hundred of them are Afghans um, who've come recently, but we also have students from Sudan and Morocco and Mongolia and uh, India and China um, uh, and and from Latin America. Um, but about 80% of our students are from a Muslim background. Mm-hmm. Um, and when they first arrive in the country, very often the husband and wife will both come to English classes, but within a month or two, the men often start working. Uh-huh. Um, and so that's why we offer free childcare because um, the majority of our students are women um, and they have their older kids in school, but their kids who are one to five years old need childcare if they're going to participate in English classes. Um, And so the relationships, I guess that that's one of the reasons we're so excited about Vera working with us now is because of how relational these women are and how social and their desire to get together and have tea and fellowship, but also process some of the things they've been through.
2: Mm. You know, as you're talking there, Chris, I'm just reminded of at a certain stage of my life, it seemed how complicated it was right, to get to here, to do that. And that sort of stuff when I had younger kids, one in school and that sort of stuff, Now multiply that by so many other factors that you've mentioned, being outside of your natural culture, not speaking the language, you know, uh, and as you mentioned, Chris, you know, the husband usually goes to work. If I remember correctly from our conversation, it's not work like many of us think like nine to five. It could be 5 a.m. to 9 p.m. at night. It's not just a typical eight hour shift. It's as many jobs and as much as they can do to make enough money to survive. Is that correct? That's Right.
1: Yeah, and it, it many of these uh, men worked professional jobs, white collar jobs, especially with the Afghans. Many of them were, you know, officers in the military. They worked um, in, uh, you know, high, highly educated professional jobs, and now they're driving Uber, working in parking garages, working in restaurant kitchens to try to survive in this very expensive area. So it's really challenging.
2: I can't even imagine all those challenges. And Alvira, you know, your background um, working overseas has to to give a lot of insight, especially when you come in now and one of the particular roles you have is working with a lot of these women. Uh, would you talk about your experience over and how working with at-risk women and children and trauma survivors has really sort of helped you personally, influenced your personal faith journey, and then sort of led you to uh, where you are today?
3: Uh, yes, uh, you know, I have seen young girls, sadly, in Kiev, Ukraine, leave an orphanage and go down wrong paths. And also I've seen boys and girls in South and Central Asia, tragically being sexually exploited. And my past experience has been that it's only through the prayers and sacrifices and tears of many that we saw healing and restoration in these Mm. precious lives. Mm. And I truly want to share that God is a father to the fatherless and a defender of the widow. And he was he was a father to these fatherless children and and to these widows. Mm. Yeah. And for myself personally, it has just been God leading me from season to season and really as you shared from nation to nation. Yes, I went from the Ukraine to India and then to Afghanistan and now here in the DC area. So I've just truly seen God lead me and guide me in these paths yeah. to, to serve with trauma survivors. So,
2: Chris, I want to go back to you if I can for a moment. Mm-hmm. We use the word trauma and um I think in some ways it's important to understand uh, really what we're talking about. Lots of times language gets muddled or it gets watered down. Uh, You hear people say, well, I was traumatized and uh, their traumatization may be they didn't get the order that they wanted correctly at the takeout restaurant. That's not Mm -hmm. what we're talking about uh, at all. Talk about some of the experiences that uh, that a lot of these African refugees had, even just getting here and the trauma that happened there. But then again, almost in some ways, as you just Highlighted earlier on, a bit of retraumatized because now you move from one way of living to a completely another, and, and it's so changing and so difficult.
1: Yeah, I think trauma. Maybe one good way to think of trauma: it's like an earthquake in your heart. It's mm. when something happens that shakes the foundation, um, and just moving sometimes. But when it it happens in the way of these Afghans um, being moved suddenly, unexpectedly, and in a very dangerous circumstance from the place of their upbringing and brought into a foreign land that is traumatic. Mm -hmm. Um, But then as Vera alluded to, some of these people have experienced other layers of trauma um, that multiply. And the thing with trauma is it can cause us to be numb. It can cause us to be depressed. It can cause us to make irrational decisions. Um, It affects every other area of life. And As we build relationship and trust with our students, um, Vera has the opportunity as our trauma healing coordinator to provide an avenue where people can meet Jesus and meet God in a way that brings about emotional, spiritual, psychological healing. And uh, that's why we're really excited about what she's going to be adding to the team at For the Nations.
2: Chris, I got to tell you that that statement earthquake in your heart was just powerful for me. I'm totally going to rip that off, but I will credit you for it when (laughs) I use it later on, because it's a good mental picture for us to to understand. Because you can't you can't stuff an earthquake in your heart. You Mm -hmm. can't keep it there. Yet the temptation many of us have in the midst of trauma is just head down, let's get through mm-hmm. it. And certainly if you're uh, someone who's now moved from one part of the world, different culture, different everything in many ways, and you didn't move because you chose to move, right? Mm-hmm. You, you, you didn't immigrate, you're a refugee. And there's a difference between those two different particular choices. Not that there aren't some still challenges with both, but you, know, you, you have to move. And so all of a sudden, what many people may try to ignore or act like it's not there or act it's not significant, they find themselves in a new place, and this trauma has to be dealt with, or it's going to show up in some some very difficult ways. And so, Vera, would you talk a little bit about how trauma actually then does affect specifically the Afghan community we're talking about here, resettling the U.S.? There's a physical aspect, a mental aspect, an emotional, a spiritual. And what happens if they decide to not try to deal with it and just sort of stuff it, and if it is unaddressed?
3: Uh, Yes, we've seen that if trauma is left unaddressed, then a person is no longer able to handle even daily life. Mm -hmm. And specifically for our Afghan neighbors, this would mean unable to resettle well. We Mm -hmm. want them to be able to resettle well in the United States, but they would struggle if they don't, if this trauma is not addressed. And um, I just would like to share some of the areas that we've seen them struggle, that they may struggle to maintain a job. Uh, we see students who may perform p- uh, poorly at school or others struggling with depression or other forms of psychological distress. And as you mentioned, uh, Pastor Brian, spiritually, they may be unreceptive because they could be just overwhelmed with just loss and grief and unreceptive to the gospel.
2: Yeah, I, I have a, a wife who's a teacher. She's wonderful. And we're always talking about what it's like as a, as a teacher to understand there's so many influencing factors that come into a student about why they learn or don't learn. And you know there's already a challenge enough in getting a new language and those sort of things as students trying to understand and make their way as they've been brought over now they're also dealing with trauma. The challenges that you you lay out there are are massive and large, forcing for us God is big enough for every challenge, right, but it is this idea of introducing God into that challenge and so um talk a little bit a bit about some of the things that you're doing there to to help with those trauma survivors, what's occurring, and specifically, via the new trauma healing project, and um, Chris, if you want to jump in at any point there and add some more to it, you can, but the pro- the trauma healing project of For the Nations, D.C., how it's Bible-based trauma healing that can change lives, uh, both now and obviously for eternity to come, and what have you seen happen as God works with trauma survivors who you've served?
3: So I, um, I we really are excited about our new project with uh, for the Nations DC, a trauma recovery program for Afghan and immigrant women and children. And we would like to start up support groups and healing groups. Uh, we're using the curriculum of the Trauma Healing Institute by American Bible Society. Uh, this curriculum has already been used worldwide with survivors of trauma. And uh, I add that it uses basic and proven mental health principles with the power of God's word. Mm. Um, and, um, we, we really would like to uh, see this happening more with our Afghan, um, uh, Afghan refugees and immigrants. You had mentioned earlier, Pastor Brian, about teachers. And I add that those serving these Afghan refugees, teachers, employers, even our church volunteers, uh, if they are not trauma informed, they'll be unable to understand why our Afghan immigrants cannot function normally. They would be un- uh, unable to understand the impact of trauma. So our goal is to, be more trauma-informed, and as well as have support and healing groups for our immigrants.
2: Mm. And I have to imagine that as that happens, there's moments, Chris, where we begin to see something that at one point might have seemed elusive or impossible become possible in reality, and that's that big idea of hope. Uh, Talk about the power of hope, if you could, just for a moment. Sure.
1: I mean, I think when everything that gave you security and comfort before has been stripped away. The natural response is to feel hopeless and directionless. Um, And so I think the powerful thing about having Vera in this role um, as someone who herself has spent her entire life as a single woman living in Ukraine, Afghanistan, India, um, serving the Lord, um, she has been through a lot of trial and change in her life. And she's able to embody the love of Christ and provide hope. I think when someone comes alongside you, the Holy Spirit, right? The paraclete, one who comes alongside you. And one of the challenges for Vera, I just want to say on her behalf, is that you know she spent 30 years as a missionary outside the U.S. And so mm. she has very little network here in the U.S. She doesn't have a deep network and Rolodex of churches and friends the way I do as a church planter to develop support. So I'd ask our listeners to pray for Vera as she tries to build a network of people and raise support as a missionary um, so that she can focus on doing this work and being that physical
2: presence that gives Mm -hmm. someone hope. Well, you led into one of the questions I was going to ask for thanks for doing this, Chris, about Vera, how we could support you. Certainly, if someone wants to contact you, they can email you to get more information. Vera, V-E-R-A, at F-T-N-D-C dot org. That's Vera at ForTheNationsDC dot org. Just take the first letter in each one of those words for For the Nations DC, Uh, And that's the website they can get a hold of you. More stuff at org certainly ftndc.org, lots of ways to to get connected. Uh, Chris, they could get connected with you, so onevoicefellowship.org or any of those other things by putting six, S-I-C-K-S, in front of ftndc.org. But in the last couple moments, um, we've talked about hope. We've talked about the importance. Uh, I want to circle back a little bit, if I can, to you, Chris, uh, on this topic of what it looks like. We use the name of your church, One Voice Fellowship? in uh, the fact that uh, there's diversity and why it's so important uh, to recognize that the church isn't just a whole bunch of people that look like one group of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the difference that it makes as God then calls us on mission to do the types of things that we've been talking about today.
1: Yeah. You know, I love Revelation 7-9 says that we are going to be in a worship service one day with mm-hmm. people from every tribe and language and culture on the earth. And the body of Christ currently includes people of every background, like God is already saving people from all over. But on Sunday morning, we very often don't experience the blessing of what it looks like to follow Jesus through the eyes and experience of brothers and sisters from around the world. And I'm enriched as I get to walk um, with people from, I think 16 different countries in our little church right now. Um, They help me see Jesus more clearly because the body of Christ is only complete and it contains all the parts.
2: Mm, I love that. It helps you see Jesus more clearly. Uh, and Just an aspect of Jesus that we have blinders on. And sometimes we think that we could figure it all out on our own, but actually God designed it to be in community (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh, in that way. And designed to have us uh, step in and to be the hands and the feet of Jesus in many ways. And so, Chris, thank you for what you're doing there at One Voice Fellowship. Thanks for doing it uh, for the nation's DC. Vera, you know, Any last words you'd like to share with people about support or any of that sort of stuff uh, before we tell them uh, where to go to get more contact with you?
3: Uh, Yes, I I was really excited to hear the past year. We all know that over 80,000 Afghans have come into the U.S. And our God is sovereign. I believe this is a divine appointment that he has brought the the mission field to our doorstep. Mm And I just want to encourage our listeners today that would we open our doors and reach out to the Afghans and other immigrants. And as Pastor Chris used the word alongside, we are eager to have volunteers come alongside us for prayer and for uh, support in every way that w- would enable us to reach out to these immigrants in a, in a more impactful way.
2: Oh, that's mm-hmm. such a great
3: reminder. And if you're
2: listening today and you think, oh, this seems such a big task. The good news is we have a big God. You know, and it's something I remind the people at Christian Fellowship Church just about every Sunday is sort of our benediction, Chris. The end of Ephesians chapter three. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more. That is God than all we ask or imagine. But the key to that, Mm -hmm. it's according to his power that's at work within us. The spirit's power, not ours. And so we as believers have been given God in us to accomplish God's mission here on earth. Uh, and thank you so much, Chris, for that example of what you're doing at ForTheNationsDC.org, what you're doing at One Voice Fellowship here. Thank you so much for your faithful service for 30 years. And also, now that you're coming over here and serving us here in the Washington, D.C. metro area, and I do encourage our listeners uh, to reach out to you, to how they get more involved with you specifically, maybe even offer you financial support. So a couple of reminders. ForTheNationsDC.org, FTNDC.org is one place you can go. OneVoiceFellowship.org. You can go traumahealinginstitute.org, or you'd get a hold of Chris at this email, 6 at ftndc.org, or Vera at Vera at ftndc.org. Or, since we're giving you a whole lot of ways to get a hold of us, you want to get a hold of us here at WAVA, you can send us an email to comment at WAVA, or you can call me directly, we can have a conversation about the gospel, and you can reach me at Christian Fellowship Church at 703-729-3900. So, Today, I hope that if you listen to, again, the opportunity that we have that's been right here to our doorstep, that you will choose to be a person of hope, mm-hmm. a, choose to be a person that steps into what God is bringing into our place, and step into that moment and show all those the truth that we know, that we say it every week, it's the gospel that makes a way. It's the gospel,
3: the
1: gospel that makes a way.
0: Thank you for joining us and listening to Good News for the City, a gospel partnership between WAVA and One Heart DC. This is a partnership, movement which celebrates and seeks to accelerate the move of the gospel into the Washington, DC metro area. It is our prayer that through this radio broadcast ministry of Good News for the City, we will see transformed lives and communities, and more and more people responding to the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ.